On this episode of Quantum Week, September 27th through October 3rd, 1992. Quantum Week. Quantum Week. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year. We talk about movies and music and headlines, our stories, and today we are in the end of September uh, 1992, we're talking The Last of the Mohicans and End of the Road by Boys to Men. This is our Patreon. This is a bonus episode. Bonus episode Monday. So uh, we have, a uh, obviously it's a free episode, but um, we have uh, one of our patrons uh, in the $50 tier, $50 a month, you get to pick the week, and this is the week that he picked. Yeah. I'm going to be doing The Last of the Mohicans uh, today, obviously. Uh, on Saturday, you get Batman Returns, and then Sunday, the Patreon show is The Mighty Ducks. Yep. But this was really the movie that is this the one that he, he really wanted this to do? This is the one he okay. really wanted to do. Yeah. Um, which we've heard that from a few people who wanted us to do this movie. Yeah, there was a second person, right? Yes. yes. At least at least two. I've heard a couple other people that wanted us to do this movie. Yeah. Before, uh, in the last couple of years. So, um, but his name is Nick Bozak. Uh, so obviously a big thank you to Nick. And, Thanks, uh, Nick. Really you know, appreciate Nick's, it. Uh, right. So I think it worked out really well with the holiday. Uh, get to get a free episode for everybody out there. Uh, so, um, you know, obviously we have the five dollar tier on on Patreon, which most subscribers do, and that gives you the the Patreon episodes. We just did an episode, uh, the accused and uh, Bobby McFerrin, which Matt and I had a wild argument about. I think it's uh, it's a it's a pretty good one. So if you're looking for some extra content, five dollars a month, you can get all of our back episodes on the Patreon. And then, um, you know, for fifty, if you're you know if you're your big deal like this, <laughs> right, right. uh, then you get to pick the week. And how it works is you pick, um, you know, we'll, we walk kind of walk it walk through it with you, you know, next like, I want to do Last Mohicans, and, you know, we, I went and found all the weeks that Last Mohicans was in the top 10, and we kind of whittle it down from there, and then Matt, once we get that week picked out with the movie, that's usually people are usually movie first. Sure. But then Matt then sends you the top 100 list of the music. We got to pick number one, and that was Boys to Men. That was not his choice. That was kind of the rules of the game, was this Boys yeah, to Men. Yeah, you, gotta, you always do number one if we haven't covered it, and then kind of choose whatever else yeah, you want. Yeah, like, the other 99 songs you can pick uh, two of, and then uh, Nick picked uh, the two songs we're doing. One's one a is, foreigner song, and then. One's uh, foreigner, and the other one is. I'm forgetting right now. Uh, yeah, the, the, I can't remember this Sunday show. <laughs> it's something. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, it's. Uh, it's uh, um, we are the champions. It's right, Big Queen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, Nick wanted to do those songs. So, um, so it should be, should be an interesting week. It's fun kind of going to the three old school, going three episodes. Yeah. Ago. Yeah. It's nice having some extra content in there. Um, anything else on, I think that's it. Uh, and yes, you want to get it. So obviously a few people want us to cover this movie. So it's beloved by at least a certain subset of humans. It is. Yeah. Um, not by me. Not by me. Oh, no. <laughs> Guess what, Nick? Might get in trouble. <laughs> yes. you, I, I'm picturing a couple people who might have some trouble with yes, this one. Yes, yes, yes. I can, Should I go first? Good. I don't think it's bad. Well, I think I appreciate the technical difficulty of the movie more than I like the movie. I'm not... So I can grade it higher because of that I... Actually, I watched a, um, a, a short documentary on the making of, which mm -hmm. was kind of illuminated some cool stuff that cool. I, I didn't really think about yeah. too much that it helped me appreciate it a little bit more. But... So from that aspect, and there's some good performances, uh, mostly of the physical variety, really, and uh, some beautiful cin cinematography kind of is in its favor, but it does have its problems, and so I give I'm I'm kind of I'm, I give it a B, but it's mostly because of the technical stuff. Oh, so you're recommending this? I will recommend it. You're not going to recommend no. it. Oh wow, that's a stronger take than I thought. Yeah, giving it a C, and I'm not recommending it. Wow, but you're exactly right. 
Um, so yeah, this movie uh, technically is is at times quite stunning. Some yep. of the fight scenes are among oh. the best I've seen. In yes. fact, there's one fight scene uh, when the Native Americans kind of come across the the British and uh, they're all on horses and they just start start just like the Native Americans start killing the British. Like yeah. and like, but it's all done in this amazing way. You feel like you're there. It's all kind of in one shot where you even have uh, these tribes scalping the British, but they're doing it. Like it literally had me like. I'm like, how do they do that? Like, yeah. and, you know, I don't know how often, you know, I say that in movies too much. You know, you see enough movies, you're like, ah, uh, you know, kind of, you know, but like, it was a, such a stunning, amazing scene. Choreography? Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, all the fight scenes in this movie are really well done. Yes. Uh, they're really, 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 really good. The problem is, you know, I, 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 you know I'm going to compare this to Die Hard, I mean, quite a bit, which is, which I agree is somewhat unfair because Die Hard, we said it's the best action movie ever. Yes. But we just cover it, and I think it kind of, rings rings true or kind of points out some of the things that last weekend's does wrong so you know the main character daniel lewis's character um you never he's a superhero he really is hawkeye like, is his character hawkeye yeah, yeah he's a he's a superhero he doesn't get it and and you don't really ever really care about him i mean played by daniel day lewis one of the greatest if not the greatest actor of the last it's certainly one years. of my favorites and yes and I didn't really give a shit about it. The problem is, and this this is a big issue that I had with the movie, is it muddies everything. There's too much going on. It's too complex. You're looking at all these interpersonal relationships between uh, between Native Americans and colonists, between French and British, between British and colonists, and you, you're you're seeing you're, the scope of the movie is way too big. And then there's there's you know foot races and people get captured and you got to go save them and then you're it, all of this muddies the thing that you should be paying attention to most and that is the development of the relationship between hawkeye and uh madeline stowe. and madeline stowe's character right yeah it's complex but it's also incredibly simple like there's not a lot going on no but it's too busy it's there's a lot of right i guess there's a lot of extraneous stuff but there's not there's no development there's no there, there no one no one really changes throughout the film or no one really um you never really see anyone kind of go through um i don't know there's no personal struggles as far as like the struggles as far as i need to escape the situation i'm in but there's not a lot of personal struggle within their character well you can't develop that relationship because they're they're just they're together for you know 10 minutes of the movie and suddenly man madeline still's like in love with him and yeah. it doesn't they didn't go i mean he saved her life but they didn't really and, and, they didn't know each other at all. It's not even the most ridiculous relationship in the movie. The, oh. The, the, the sister who Alice. just gets dragged along. We, 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 we learn nothing <laughs> not, about her. She's just ragdoll. It's just, it's just re- terrible, terrible uh, filmmaking there. And I blame, I blame the script by man and with a Christopher Crowe. Yep. And I blame the direction. I mean, man, man can be a great director at times, but man, oh man, man, oh man. Uh, does, he have, does he struggle with, uh, with characters? Uh, this is a problem with him. He has a... He's so good technically that sometimes he loses something with the character. And so at the end of the movie, we're supposed to care that this woman, I didn't really even know she was with this other Native American guy. I didn't know she cared about him that much. I didn't think they were. He just sort of comforted her once when she, I think she thought about committing suicide, right? She was, when they're in that cave and they're yeah. in the waterfall, it looked like she thought right. about maybe doing it And it's it like then. a weird slow-mo thing it where he kind is. of just like, he hugs he her. He hugs her. And then because of that hug, when he dies, she kills herself? Yeah, because that hug, and then a couple hours later is when everything changes, and sort of the next day is when he's coming after her. So, but yeah, there's I, no developmental relationship there. She she has like four lines the whole movie. You can tell that he's infatuated with her. There's a there's a, a shot where the camera looks at him, and he's, yeah. he's like staring at her, but... 
But that's it. There's no, no, that wasn't I mean, fall in love. And you don't really even care about him. The, uh, the uh, Native American that, that jumps off the, that, I mean, that gets killed in the battle. It's like, he's been around the whole movie too, but like, we don't really know much about him yeah. either. And it's just because they get so infatuated, this movie, with the, uh, like, all the stuff Matt mentioned. All these other factions fighting against each other, you don't care about the people involved. No. And that's why you watch a movie. I don't watch, I'll watch a Ken Burns documentary if I want to learn yeah. about the yeah. French-Indian War or whatever. Right. Or, you know, whatever, whatever the hell is going the on. The whole movie could have been, and not, uh, it would have been different, not Daniel Day-Lewis, not Hawkeye, whatever, but the, there's a whole movie that could be done over the siege of, of was it William & Mary, that fort? Uh, uh, yeah. Was it William no, & Mary? Uh, it's William, no, it's not Ooh, that. Uh, it's I'm sorry if I'm missing the yeah. fort's name. It's in New York. William Henry? Though, William, William Henry, maybe? Apologies for that. Yeah. But that- This fort. The fort. It, that could have been a movie in and of itself. Yes. You didn't, you know, so, or just the, or a rescue mission. Hawkeye rescuing, you know, these, these, um, uh, these, these two women. Like, th that could have been a movie. Well, it yeah, it's a guy over and over again. It's I know, but, it, but it's all, it's all together. It's just too, too much happening. Too much going on. And then you're trying to build this relationship by too much going Stones. on, but there's nothing going on. You know but what I mean, nothing, though. Right, right. They, right. You can't focus in on anything. Right, right. There's no detail it's into such anything. Such a waste of uh, Daniel Lewis. I, I mean, agree. Just, just <laughs> you could have Steven Seagal do that role. I mean, it doesn't matter. I agree. I mean, there's no personality. There's nothing going on. And that's my problem too. Daniel Day Lewis. It's from a technical standpoint, what he did is pretty astounding. The way that he learned how to physically move. How he moves. It's carry, so natural. Carry, yeah. reload that rifle, fight. And some of the shots track. Oh, yeah. So there's no room for error. No. He and, is, and he, and he moves, like you, you buy it. That The kinesthetic ability here is absolutely brilliant. And I know what he went through. I watched the documentary. They talked about it. He went through basically boot camp and was just taught how to, how to fight. He'd never shot a gun before. But reloading that weapon, that rifle, is so difficult in general. It takes a lot of black powder in order to fire that weapon. And, and it's heavy. The powder's really heavy. And to, on the move, reload that motherfucking light. You saw how tall it is. Too. It's, it's like his height. It's probably not. But it's like, it's like it's a really four, tall. Five, it's crazy tall. Rifle. It's super tall and have to, how it has to be balanced right. And you're moving and filling it and not lighting yourself on fire and fucking, you know, shooting in, in motion like that is, is crazy what he did. It's really hard. But the rest of it was bullshit. He's Woody the entire time. There's no personality. There's nothing there. I, it was such a waste of Daniel Day-Lewis. I was like, this is not a great performance. I mean, the physical stuff was a great performance, Incredible. but there's, but there's, but, and it's not his fault. I don't think, I think it's just the way the so character either. was written, but there's nothing else. I don't there. know what else you could have done. There's no emotional thing there. Like man gets so fixated in the strangest things with his movies. And that's, I mean, I, you know, I don't love heat. I like heat a lot. Heat's good. Um, but then heat has some major problems. I like heat and, and I like also collateral. things of like, I don't, I care about De Niro's character a lot. But I don't really care about anybody else. They're yeah. either, either Pacino is too much of a cartoon or there's just too much going on. It's just kind of cluttered. Like, you don't really ever care about Val Kilmer's character because you yeah. don't really get to know him. It's funny, you know, <laughs> the insider is the opposite. Of that. The insider is about something that no one should, it's so boring if you think about it on face value. It's like the tobacco, like, I don't, I don't yep. why would I care? But you care so much about the characters. You care so much about Pacino in that movie and you care so much about Russell Crowe. Yeah. They do a, like, it's like anti-Michael Mann, that movie. It's so bizarre. It's a great movie. I've never seen The Insider. Go check it out. It came out in 1999. It's very, it's in my opinion, Mann's best movie. But Collateral has- I know you have the same issue, but it's a, we're dealing with a psychopath. And you do care, I think, about, uh, about uh, Jamie- um, Oh, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. You care. do, but it, there is still this weird like distance between- It's not like The Insider where you feel like it's, it's a much closer relationship. 
Because he gets, I think Manning gets fixated on like the LA, like on LA or yeah, too much. He does. Which obviously Miami Vice, you know, he can get fixated on the locations. He kind of does it here too in this movie. Oh, certainly. It's just, it's, too, he, he's so, it's so technically brilliant, which is frustrating watching his movies sometimes. But then he almost, it's like, it's like a robot made it, like an android or something yep. that has no, it's like, you know, we talk about with the Palma too, that disconnect. Yeah. It's, it's here with him too. And, and that it kills the entertainment value of the movie. It does. So I can appreciate it and I can appreciate all the technical components that went into it and all the choreography and the cinematography is actually quite good. But then you're just like, eh, it's not, I'm not really into the movie. It's not sucking me in. It's not all on Michael Mann. The source material is horrible. Yeah. I had to read this book when I was in high school. (laughs) I love to read. I really do. I really enjoy reading. We get the summer reading list. It'll be fine. You know, I, 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 you know, obviously it's not books. Maybe I would always choose to read intentionally, but I, I, I enjoy to read. I read, I enjoy reading. Yep. Me too. I fucking barely got through that book. I think I like skimmed. I, I was just like, fuck this. This, this book, book is trash. Sucks. I never read it. Oh, no. Oh, I don't think I don't. did. I don't think I ever had to don't. come up and get to it. But yeah. James Fenimore Cooper, by the way, of course, uh, his father created Cooperstown. Oh, really? Yeah. And so uh, he lived there as a kid. He actually, James Fenimore Cooper died there. There is a Fenimore, uh, is a museum of him. So obviously there's a lot mm. of baseball stuff in Cooperstown. Sure. It does take over the town. Don't get me wrong. But there is a lot of James Fenimore Cooper in Cooperstown. Obviously, in this movie, in the story, it takes place in upstate New York. Not, I mean, it's far from Cooperstown, but it's in the same state, upstate. Yeah, and then, so there was a 1936 version of the movie, too. I've never seen that. I did watch some clips of it as well, and I, I didn't see very much. But the shots that I saw, I was like, uh, this kind of, the, there was very similar shots. Well, Michael Mann said his first memory uh, with film is watching that movie. Yeah. So, obviously, it really... It really had an impact impact him. on him. Yeah. And maybe it might be kind of a tribute. Could be. A little tip of the hat to the original version, yeah. too, if he felt that strongly about it. Um, yeah, I mean, they're also, at the end of the day, though, it is just people kind of running around the woods. I mean, <laughs> it is. I mean, he makes That was a, a joke, right? Well, who, who, did the, who did the comedy sketch of. Oh, of, did someone uh, do a thing of it? Of uh, Dan Day Lewis running for an attire. It was. <laughs> who was it? It was pretty In fair. Living Color. One, one of them did that. It's pretty back on in the point. Day. Yeah. That's what, uh, that's fort, what it was. You know, the fort cost $6 million to make. Um, they had to shut that highway to do it, uh, in North, it's all, by the way, it's all shot in North Carolina. Right. Um, and, uh, the fort looks good. Obviously, man is a, is a great technical director. I mean, you know, the way he can crane a camera around is fantastic. Some of the shots of like the, the tomahawks coming at us yes. or like just the, the tracking shots of the fighting are just absolutely sensational. They are great stuff. Cinematography and those things are, are absolutely brilliant and wonderful. There's two beautiful shots in there. There's one of the, the arch bridge over the river that mm-hmm. they're walking Walking past, you see the reflection of the bridge in the water. It's a yep. beautiful shot. And there's another one where it's uh, where uh, Madeline Stowe's character and the who's the ar- army lieutenant or, or whatever, the, like the bat, like the boyfriend, or lit on fire. That guy. Yes, yes. Um, right. That they're sitting in a in a field, and yes. it's just the two, of, the them two of them in a the field. Right. Another beautiful shot. I, I like mean, that shot too. It yeah. also is, it's a nice juxtaposition against what we would encounter the rest of the movie, which is closed <laughs> in woods. Yes, this is wide open. So you know, you know, and I don't blame man at all for this because this is how the character was written, but. You know, it's like, Jesus, we get it, man. Like, yet the first boyfriend is kind of a stuck-up guy. It's a little too authoritarian. <laughs> right, right. But this guy's loosey-goosey. The, the outsider comes in and sweeps <laughs> her off her feet. Like, we've seen this so many times. And I get he has to, you know, I get it, you know. But it's just, you know, it's just tired. So so all the plot points, you, they're either predictable or tired or yep. boring. That's the thing. The plot, the, the, the stuff around it, the historical stuff is all, you know, there's a lot there. Some of it is interesting. Some of it's just muddy, like Matt said. But then the plot itself and the characters themselves are just so so stale. They are. I, I couldn't get into this movie. I, I didn't care. Me neither. Didn't care. 
Are this you, is probably the second or third time I've seen and it. And I was I laughed when the girl jumped when the girl killed herself. Well, I wasn't. I, I was. I was laughing. So I'm like, I were. don't care about like this is ridiculous. Like what a ridiculous choice. It's so silly. This what a silly, stupid thing. Yeah, just stay alive, dude. Like you, yeah, you can't but I was more like laughing at man. I was like, yeah. you know better. You can't have this character as a prop for an hour and forty minutes and then, you know, you're close in on her face, like we're supposed to care about her. And she, you know, has this great sacrifice. But what are we sacrificing? We don't even know who she is. They also, maybe I missed something, but they also didn't do a good job. Man didn't do a good job showing the demise of the Mohicans. Like, what are, what are no. we saying? The last of the Mohicans. So, right. uh, um, Daniel Day-Lewis' father figure, I can't pronounce, pronounce uh, his name. I can't. I uh, so, I'm not going to. But, yeah. but it, it, his last, the last shot is like his voiceover saying, mm-hmm. you know, my son is dead. And so now I'm the last of the Mohicans. It's like, Oh, okay. Where'd that, where'd that come where'd from? That, yeah. Did I, admit, did I miss some dialogue somewhere? I mean, you kind of got the point. Like, I guess, well, you didn't get the point because it was not clear at all. I guess in the, in the beginning of the movie, they kind of wore people without a, a tribe or people that were kind of yeah. on their own. They were more like outsiders. Sure. Like, hey, I'm a, you know, I'm a colonist. I don't really fit in, but I'm also kind of with this group. I don't really fit in. This guy adopted me more or less. Like, yeah. So you did kind of feel they were definitely not, they were not a very powerful tribe. Like maybe like the Mohawk or some of the other ones we encounter in this journey, sure. but right, it wasn't really ever. It was never like really a point. No, they were dying right. out. Like right, like right now. <laughs> yeah, th- that was not really very clear. No. Yeah, yeah, you know, and there was a, no, there was a line that I did like about I did like in the movie. So I want to be you know ultra critical here all the time because there is some things that I did like about it. At one point, Madeline Stowe turns to Daniel Lewis's character and says, "You know, the whole world's on fire." Which is a great line because obviously it wasn't. It's just in this one kind of area, you know, in the colonies. But when you're in that moment, it must feel like that. Oh, because like you yeah, know, everything around you, everything around like- you, everything you know is all fucked up. But at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, this is a war that's been forgotten about by history. It really has by most by most people. Yeah. Um. You know, obviously because America was involved, and at some point, you know, you could look at it. The war actually was really pointless because twenty years later, America would just take it from the British anyway. Exactly. So this was a pointless war that's been forgotten about by history. But if you're in that moment, that's not what you're thinking about. You're thinking about your whole world's on fire. So I, I think man did a good job not making it seem like this war was an afterthought because the people involved, it certainly wasn't. This is was a big deal to them. It was. I thought the movie was brave in certain circumstances. It's hard to show a hero leaving his partner behind. Yeah, I think that's a, I think, I think that plan sucked, I gotta say. That's I think it was plan, plan. Like, plan. Take her with you. You're gonna jump out the, yeah. you're gonna jump out there into the water anyway. Just take her with you. What a dumb plan. I thought it was a bad it, plan. It, some of those things, it's, this movie, for a movie that's as smart as it was or tried to be as smart as it was, but the historical element, Boy, was it dumb about like just basic plot points. Yeah. What? Still hard to do that though. Still hard to like leave her to her own, you know, to. But then your plan is to. So, so his plan is right, I'm going to leave her to potentially be. God only knows what's going to happen to her. Yeah. I'll find you. All right, great. That's a nice thing to say, but you don't really know that. Your plan is to leave her. And then, you, but your big plan is just to walk into this village, <laughs> yes, yes. get the shit kicked out of <laughs> yes. you a little bit. Not, not every really seemed to care, but by the way, none of those wounds seemed to even hurt him. No, he was and then, impervious. And just be like, oh, I want her back. That, that was Can the I big have her? plan. What if we light this gunfire? Is that okay? I, well, that guy, that poor guy. <laughs> he, he had a rough, rough go of it. But I was just like, I don't, what, what was the, what was the master, like. It wasn't the best plan. I agree. Like, it wasn't even a plan at all. It was more just like, oh, I guess I'll just do this now. Yeah. It was so stupid. Yeah. I'm surprised. I mean, Nick, I mean, I, I got, I got to ask. What what do what do people like about this movie? I think that's a great beyond, question. Beyond the aesthetics of it, that right beyond beyond the, the technical aesthetics, which are great. stuff is yeah. great. 
And the sound, the, actually won the Oscar for best sound. Okay, so I actually have a problem with that. So the, oh, the no. score, I think, is quite good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really pretty. Uh, of Celtic, in a way. Um, well, they, they stole that. Well, they didn't steal that. It's not right. I shouldn't say yeah. that. They used a song. Right. That's the thing, too. It's not really their song. So no, it's not. I, I want to say these guys, especially Edelman more than, no, Story more than Edelman, right? Story was the one that, is that his name? I'd have to look. I guess what happened was, the score is interesting here. So what happened was the, um, Trevor. Yeah, sure. Um, so this was not eligible for an Academy Award. Here's why. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that, okay. So, um, I'm sorry, story. Trevor Story's a shorts off the Rockies. I don't think he did. It was Trevor Jones. Trevor, Trevor Jones um, wrote most of the score. But what happened was they kept reshooting, like between reshoots, re-edits, mostly. And then like, man was, I guess, a mess in, the, in post-production with this. Excuse me. And every time you do that, you got to change the score because now it's, it's shot. It's, it looks doesn't, different. It doesn't, doesn't fit. sync up, right. So he had to keep going. And finally, Trevor Jones was like, I can't. Now, like you basically, uh, at the end of the movie, um, man gave uh, him like a whole, like basically the whole movie to redo. He's like, oh, I can't, I don't have time. Like, I'm not gonna make the release date. <laughs> so they brought in Randy Edelman yeah. to fill in some of the gaps. I it see. sounds like Jones did the majority of it, but Edelman kind of went in and just did some other stuff. But because yep. of that, I guess, it was ineligible to win an Oscar. Mm. Because I guess two people kind of were doing it at a different time. I didn't know that's that was weird. the regulation. I don't know if that's changed. Or that's strange. Strange, I know, I didn't know that. Um, what so I didn't like it was- I was not nominated. What I didn't like was the anachronism of having that. There was a vocal group that that came in and did a piece, and it just sounded out of place. It didn't sound right for the time, where everything else sounds sounds right. Yeah, seems to sound right. So I had that issue, but but I actually had an issue with the sound, not the score. Well, one more thing about the score. Oh though, yeah, go ahead. We'll go on to that. Yeah. So the other thing was, you know, this what this movie is known for is that that amazing Celtic song. Um. Well, is it this one? Yep. Yeah. yeah, so that's a Celtic. That's, that's that, that was like already written. Like yeah, they used yeah, yeah. that, and they obviously they you know they redid it, and it's beautiful. I, I'm taking nothing away from the work that I, I think the song's awesome. It's, it's really I mean, pretty. It's yeah, super powerful. Has a lot of movement to it it's too. Incredible. You feel like you're traveling. Yeah, it's, it's but like so they it's didn't like. So that's another reason why this didn't get nominated for an Oscar too. You know, beyond the two person, which I'd never really heard about. But like, you can't use existing work. It has to be completely original. I can see that. And that's basically, but that basically is the whole movie. Is that like there? I know it there is. are some other things, but that is the main crux of the yeah, theme. Yeah. Well, movie. well, that happens a lot too. When it, with think of a folk song, you know, you you could take any sort of traditional folk song that's now in uh, in public domain. No one owns it anymore. It's not li- licensable anymore. Right. And you take that and extrapolate from that. That 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 happens quite a lot with uh, traditional or folk folk style music. So I think that it should be okay. It's it's okay to me from an artistic standpoint. Yeah, and so he does a lot. He does a lot with it. Like he's he's taking out the eligibility. And yeah. I'm kind of getting in the weeds there. Yeah. The actual, if you said Chris, what do you think about the Scorers movie? A great, yeah, it's, a great it's score. Beautiful. It's a very, very, yeah. very powerful score. Once again, technically, this movie knocks it out of the park. Yep, for sure, it does. So, what's your issue with the sound? <laughs> My issue with the sound is it's hard to hear in parts. Like I can't understand dialogue in parts, no, that's and that's fair. bullshit. No, Particularly I'm, in the I'm beginning of the movie, I'm like. I, I've got good ears. I can't, I can't follow the fucking dialogue yeah. right now. No, you're Bother not. Bother the shit out of me. I, I guess more the sound, I was thinking like the gunshots. Yeah, so that, that'll There's even good. a scene to your point. You're absolutely right. There's a scene where the two of them are walking by a waterfall and, mm. or, or, or like a river or something. Yeah. And the river is not, it's not mixed right. And like, I hear the river more than the dialogue. Yeah. And like, I, I'm like, I feel like, I'm, I, yes, I guess to their point, I feel like I'm there. I don't know if I always want to be there. I want to fucking hear what they're going to say. Right. So, uh, and you're right, especially that first act, some of the dialogue is, is very muddy. It's muddy. I think you're also getting used to the way they're talking. 
and yeah, it's hard to hear. So I, I, I had a problem with that. I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to, uh, I agree. I, yeah. You know, you're right. I was thinking more sound when it comes to a special effects element, which I think is quite good. I think it's good. But you're right. At the end of the day, we need to hear what they're saying. The other, the other issue I had was that it wasn't nominated for cinematography. That doesn't no. make sense to me. Strange. And I forgot I was going to look and see what else was nominated at the time. But I, I'm like, what? 92, what could have been, what could have been shot that much better than that? I mean, it's really, this is shot quite well. It's, it's, uh, it's technically difficult. All the moving parts, the war parts, the fighting parts, uh, and it's done quite well and it's beautiful in, in spots. So. All right. You ready for the cinematography? Yeah. What, what's, uh, yeah. what was nominated? Uh, 92? Right, yeah, sure. Whatever. It's fine. Let's see here. Uh, we have sound. They won, by the way, let's see. I'll, I'll tell you what it was up against. It beat Aladdin, A Few Good Men, Under Siege. Not a movie I expect to be. <laughs> but then it, it beat Unforgiven. This was the year, of course, Unforgiven won. Mm. So this did not win Best Cinematography. Okay, so Unforgiven, was that, was that nominated? It was nominated, lost, yeah. for, uh, for, but it obviously won Best Picture. Yeah. So cinematography, like we mentioned, was not, not only did not win, it was not nominated. Yeah. So here's what was nominated. Unforgiven was nominated. Makes sense. Lost. The Lover, I don't remember at all. I no idea what that is. Howard's End, which is a, I don't remember what it looks like. I think he's known I've for being it. beautiful. Okay. Um, Hoffa, which is a really interesting movie. It was directed by Danny DeVito, I believe. It has Nicholson as Hoffa with Danny DeVito. It's, it, it's not like The Irishman, I think, is a much better movie. But Hoffa's interesting. Mm. But what one was, and this probably won't surprise you, A River Runs Through It. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's well shot. Yeah, I mean, just the nature stuff. Yeah, but this, but this has all that nature. I, I, think, I still think that's wrong. That, that, it's, so you, I'm fine with it winning, so but I, I think this should have been nominated. Right, so The Lover, whatever, you know, and I've I don't, I don't, I never seen this before. It's a French movie, I believe. Um, I, you know, that is like, eh. Uh, but I will say that the, the other rest of that, though, I don't know if I have a... It's a, it's a lot of the woods with this. It, but the fort scenes... I know. And the, I don't know. I, you're right, there is a lot of the woods, which is hard. That, that's harder to do. If you told me, let's take out, which I've never seen The Lover, but I mean, I think history's kind of forgotten. Swap this instead of The Lover, I would have no but issue. But Hoffa, though, as cinematographer? Hoffa's interesting. It's a weird movie. It's a really weird movie. It's way too long. Has some really interesting, weird performances. I'm just kind of excited it got mentioned because it is such a strange movie. Yeah. I don't know if we'll run into it. It was, it was a box office bomb. Yeah. Um, but Hoff is a weird. It's a very odd movie. So I don't know. This movie. This movie just doesn't. I don't know. I I'm, get it. I'm down this movie. So you're, you're giving it a thumbs up. You're gonna recommend it. I feel like you have to. Yeah. Why I, do you have to? Oh well, I think that I really do give it a lot of credit for the technical components. Yep. Me and, too. You know, seeing seeing them all move the way they do. Sure. And, and that's uh, why it's not a lower, I'm not, you know, not a lower I, it, grade. It, 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 I, I will admit it's, this is a borderline thumbs down for me, but like, you know, I gave, I gave the accused the scene a thumbs up. I think some of the themes, some of the, the things they were saying to me is like, Oh, that kind of bu- and plus Jodie Foster performance sure, yeah. does bump it up. But yeah. you know, it's kind of the opposite of this movie where technically that movie is a disaster. It's made for TV. Shock. <laughs> right. Right. Where this is the kind of the, well, this is technically quite good. Yes. But that doesn't have a really good, you know, West Studio's good in this. They have some decent performance. Some, no, yeah, one, no one's bad in right, this. Right, exactly. No one's bad. Um, but I don't. But I cared about the Judy Foster character. I don't care about any of these characters. I know. At all. I know. So it's almost like the anti, the accused, in a way. Um, and uh, yeah, and that was a borderline thumbs up. So these are movies that are just running the brink. But at the end of the day, I, I, I will say I just thought the accused was a better movie than, than this was. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. It has certainly the the last third of that movie we talked about was super powerful and directed really well, acted really well, and and shocking and horrible and all that. But uh, but I think this is a better movie overall. 
than the I cared more about Jodie Foster giving that testimony well, than anything. I, but like, but like, but I, I didn't care really about anything going on in this entire movie. In fact, some of the dramatic things in this movie that happened, I la- I literally like, yes, LOL that. Yes, you do. Yes, like, so, I mean, it's just hard. Like, I just didn't care. Well, of care. course, I, I 100% agree. I, I definitely cared a lot more for Jodie. Not even right. the rape scene aside, but, but also in the court scene, way cared more about that than anything in this movie. You're totally right. I just didn't care. I just, because of that, I just felt there was a, a distance between me there and the was. film. There was. You're and right. It's a colder Michael movie. Man stuff, you it's know? too bad because there could be a lot of warmth in this movie because you do have a love story. Mm-hmm. You have compelling factions. You have a beautiful scenery. And yeah, you, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot that could drag you in and make you care, but I, I agree. I agree. So if you are a Michael Mann fan and you're annoyed with us, uh, or especially with me, that's fine. Uh, the good news is that if we run into 1981, I'm really going to try to make it so we cover Thief for a few reasons. Yeah. A, I haven't seen it. I want to. And then B, um, anything before 1981 or 81 or before, it's hard for us to get real clear data on. What happens, I'll go through old New York Times, kind of see what, like, I'll go through movie theater advertisements and see, yeah. see what was playing because the data is not really clear. But the reason I'm going to kind of but maybe kind of move things to Thief a little bit is because it's super available. I know it's on HBO Max, I believe. Oh. And it's like, and it's also a great director. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. So anything like 80, 81, you know, obviously, and then, you know, the end of 79, you got to kind of move some pieces around because the data is not clear. Plus, even if the data is clear, a lot of those movies aren't available on streaming. And mm. it makes it really hard for us to do this show if, if we can't. Like, you know, we, like we have something covered cocoon which i do want to cover one to day. Cover cocoon, we just but. have to figure out like matt doesn't have a dvd player and then i have to like get the it just and then and then how would you guys watch it if you well, guys want that, to watch that's it. the that i think that's a bigger problem because i could i could find it like i could download it and yeah. i could get it that's no problem but but i would be worried that not everybody no one else would be able to see right. it. so then kind of what's the point so we try you know i i would say this has happened like we've not been able to do something like i don't know three Two times, times well twice. at least the second one yeah um, i think there's another time i got one i'm like all right we can't do yeah. that but like very, very, very rarely does that ever come up. Yeah. But um, but if you know, I do because I do. I will g- give man a lot of credit. I do think that even though this isn't a movie I'm recommending, there's a lot to talk about with it because he does. He's interesting. He's a he's a he's a very independent, and unique filmmaker. Yes. He and he's very intelligent. And there are things that he brings to the table. I know I kind of was giving Nick some some uh, some grief there. Like, why did you pick this movie? But. At the end of the day, though, like there is a lot in this movie to talk about, so I'm, I'm happy Nick picked it. I'm happy anytime Michael Mann comes up, even if it's not a movie I love or a movie that I'm, I'm I care about, like this one. It is still fun to talk about. Um, yeah, I think so. Man, man, man is a unique, independent filmmaker that's very bright. So anything that he does, I I would be curious to see. But I end up kind of walking away, usually not love. I always feel like. I should like him more. Like, ah, oh, man, I wish this was a little bit better. Like, mm. I always feel like they got something on the table, with the exception of Insider, which I felt he put everything on the table. So, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Hopefully, we'll get into more of those. I, I think we probably will, because he, some of his movies have made. Yeah, Collateral made a ton of money. Yeah. Heat made some money. Uh, I know I'm forgetting some. Um, and then you know, if we can find a way to do it, obviously we haven't done Insider on this show. That movie didn't make very much money. Um, but oh, it, it is quite good. I wonder if the people who love this movie think it should have been nominated for a bunch more Oscars than it did. And, uh, cause I don't think, was it nominated at all besides sound? Only, did Daniel so, Day-Lewis so, get yeah, nominated? So, inter- no. The only, the only got nominated was for sound and it won. Yeah. Interesting. It's the only Michael Mann movie to ever win an Oscar. That's the other weird thing too. So here's what was, here's what was best picture that year. Cause we'll go through it. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, Unforgiven. Yeah. Which one, which Matt and I both think is substantially better than this. Oh yeah. And then here's what was nominated. The Crying Game, which Matt's. You've I think it's, it's yeah more at least, recently than I have. I saw it 
it was a long time ago that I saw it, but it is uh I at the time I really appreciated that movie. I thought I'd be it was interested to made it really well, show. but who knows? See if it holds up too, but yeah. that's an interesting thing because it has some definitely some delicate stuff going on. It there. does. Uh a few good men, which made us a ton of money, which oh. I can't believe we haven't covered yet. Um yeah, it's crazy. that's gotta be I mean that be soon, I'm sure. Yeah. Great movie though. Yeah. Uh Howard's End, um, and then Scent of a Woman were the five that were nominated that's that year. Great, yeah. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I guess Scent of a Woman is probably the one if you're if you're a Mohican stan. Last Mohicans uh, fanboy, that's probably the one you're like, oh, really? Um, but yeah, but all the other ones, I don't. Maybe I saw Howard's End, but I can't remember it. I haven't seen. Yeah, it Yeah, that was the '90s. They're almost always like one slot reserved for Merchant Ivory. I think that was kind of yeah. one of the first ones too. So that one, I mean, I, I get it. I know, but like the other but one, A Few Good Men, Unforgiven, are iconic films. Yeah, I mean, you can't really argue about those. No, so. not at all. Uh, okay. Anything else you want to talk about, uh, with Last of the Mohicans? Uh, Madeline Stowe's good. She's yeah, a good she job. is good. She is good. I think that in general, the, yeah, in general, the, the act, acting was good. I like the, who the great, the elder, uh, general guy. Oh, like I liked. her father? Yeah. I liked him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stowe's interesting, interesting career for her. She never really ever, it never really came together for her. Nah. Like, she definitely had a nice career. She was uh, ended up doing some TV stuff in the last decade. She took some time off to have a family. She's married to the actor Brian Ben Ben. I used to watch that movie or that show. Dream his, on, Dream on every week. I think really it was on. Uh, was it on HBO yeah. every week? Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, and they're still married. So it seems like she has like a nice life. Uh, she's of course was in Twelve Monkeys, which we've covered on this show before. Yes. Um, and she's good in this. She's a good actress. She is. She's very pretty. Um. But yeah, never quite. Oh, I feel like the pieces never came. I bet if you, do, like I said, one of those, you know, do a simulation of her career ten times. I bet she wins an Oscar a couple times. Did you do a bunch before this? Because this, because uh, she was thirty, like three here. So uh, I think she was a model before. I also might have might have lost some years there. But then she does that uh, movie Blink, right? And that was like, and then she did. But then she also did like Bad Girls. Yeah, it's kind of a lame. Yeah, I think like, we mentioned that. On we mentioned the, that pretty recently. Yeah. So she's done some, eh, you know. But then you know, Twelve Monkeys. But that's not a. It's not going to get you an award nominee. Oh, it got Brad Pitt one, but it wasn't going to get her one. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess the chance to work with Terry G- Gilliam. No, I understand why she does that role. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah interesting career for her. Um, I don't know, likable presence on screen, but maybe not totally. the greatest actress in the world, but she's always good. She's good. She's a solid, like, double every time you see her in a movie. I'm never upset when I see her in the credits. No, no, no. Um, and Daniel Lewis, this is just, like, just a waste of him. Like he's the greatest, maybe this is the greatest actor the last four years. I really thought that I was going to get shit from you for saying he's way better in Phantom Thread than he is in this movie. Oh, way better. It's more for him to do. The other thing too about Daniel Lewis, I'll say this before we, before we, you know, I say, I keep saying greatest actor the last 40 years. I want to mend that a little bit because, you know, <laughs> Daniel Lewis, once again, playing an historical figure, you know, we see it in Gangs of New York. We see it, you know, Phantom Thread is modern compared to his other movies half the time. It's like, eh, I mean, you're playing characters we would never know. Lincoln. We're playing characters we would never, ever, ever have a conversation with. Yeah. Where Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, Robert De Niro are playing characters that are much more entrenched in our reality. These are people that we could, in theory, walk upon and see and sure. talk to and have some sort of bearing with. Where with Danny Lewis, he's just, it's just, you're playing people from history books. Like, is, I think that's a much easier thing to do. I don't know about that. Because, uh, well, he's also, he's... We don't know what people did back then. You're right. We didn't. We didn't. But some. But a lot. But these characters, we there was writing about, like particularly Lincoln, Lincoln or something. Like there's a pretty substantial amount of sure. information out there to draw the character. Like Daniel, I never saw Daniel that movie, so Plainview. I don't even know. 
is you never saw Lincoln? Nah, I just I never. I'm not interested. I'm not just great. not interested. I, there's a number. He's good in it, I guess. There are a number of Daniel Day Lewis movies I he's have not seen. I, I need to go back and, and and see. Yeah, and he, he's good. In it. I need to go back and see it. I've seen My Left Foot. I've seen The Name of the Father. Um, see, I haven't seen those. Or if I saw them, there was, I think I saw it. I was like nine. Like I have. Yeah. I, for the sake of the show, I have not seen it. Um. No, I. I I'm, I'm not trying to like be anti Day Lewis here, but I I get frustrated that he's only. And a couple of times he's done modern stuff. He did that movie Nine, the Rob Marshall movie. I, I haven't, haven't seen, seen that. It. Didn't get great reviews. Like he's done, like it hasn't always worked. Where Philip Seymour Hoffman is playing people that you would like know and you would meet. Brad Pitt, DiCaprio sometimes goes a little too historical as well. But you know he'll also kind of play people. I think more trenched, entrenched in our reality. I can see a that a little bit more. Um, I don't know. I'm not saying you have to be an everyman, but like the fact that you don't play anyone that was alive, that would be alive now. Yeah, it's hard for me to give him shit for his choices. Like he he's really selective in his movies. Right. And But he only selects historical stuff. I just wonder if he's cuz he's an odd guy. I wonder if he almost can't do like a regular person now. Like you know what I mean? Like he's so strange. I wonder if like the real world is weird to him. I don't it know. Could be. He doesn't yeah. do interviews, so I'm, we're just speculating. We don't yeah. you know, it isn't really He's so pride, which I get. I completely understand. And he's very talented. I'm not trying to shit on him here, but I guess the thing is like, you know, I, I kind of fall into that trap. You could, I did a couple times in this show. He's the best actor. It's like, well, I don't know, man. I think I wish he had done some modern stuff because then we could see if he could do both. Yeah, but I guess I, we're not going to retire. So I guess we're not yeah, going to see is, it. So unless he, yeah, unless he unretires, but probably, probably not. But no, he's much better in Phantom Dread than this. He's better in everything I've ever seen than this. I, and he's great. I build a butcher, one of the great villains of all oh time. Oh my god! And I wonder if some of the physicality from Gangs of New York he did in that he grew from this movie. It could be because think of that first fight scene with Liam Neeson. Yeah, like he's swinging that, and he, but he. I always was like, I'm like, how did he learn to move like that? Well, I guess we know. Yeah, he from this he trained. Movie. Yeah, he trained because he's weeks. so agile in this. He he's so like lithe. Yes, and it's like, oh, all right, you know, like he's, but he he moves with grace. In this movie in particular, and with uh, Gangs of New York, there's never a wasted movement. No, every movement has has a reason. He's super fluid, and it, you're exactly right. Each move builds to the next move. Yes. Yeah. It's never something done just like which is incredibly hard. You have to see all the steps in your head before you before you do it. Yeah, you it's have incredibly to, athletic. Yeah, like, to move like that. Yeah. yeah, but I guess he got you know from from this. Yeah. Um. So I guess I have this movie to thank for that because I love Gangs of New York and Bill the Butcher is one of the great villains yeah, of all time. Awesome. So if if this movie made that better, then I guess I'm glad it exists. But I can't recommend it. All right. times at night when you just heard me and just ran out with that other fella baby i knew about it i just didn't care i just, just didn't care understand how much I love you, <laughs> I'm here he goes on I'm not out to this is like this is like a minute and 20 seconds of the song uh, i think it's the extended version that's on the album but he's just talking the entire way through i actually kind of enjoyed it stuff. i enjoyed that more than the song because at least it's different oh yeah it's uh, so, not really different, I guess, because it's been done before. But yeah, oh well, different. I mean, Barry White. That's no one I mean. will ever do. B- I know. Come on, baby, take off that brazier. No one will ever do Barry White as well as Barry White does. He's he's so good. I I, I love Barry White's music. But end of the road. It, it's you know, it's this. Um, it didn't, I mean, everybody knows it. It spent 13 weeks at number one on the fucking Billboard. Where did I? Oh, just yeah. That, I just did crazy things. Whatever, just that's because I'm so impacted by this beautiful song. Yes. Uh, I'm in awe of it. It, yeah. So 13 weeks at the, at the top billboard hot 100. It was the record at the time that was broken by 
uh, not not Mariah Carey first, Broken by Whitney Houston first with I Will Always Love You to 14. And then they matched it with their next song. And then the Mariah Carey duo that we covered with them before, uh, before broke that with like 16. So we used to both, you listen to Rick D's, right? Rick D's yep, in the week, yes. top 40. It was on uh, Saturday nights? Sunday nights. Sunday nights, right. It was on 107.1 yeah. here. Uh, it was like the top 40 station here in New Hampshire. Yep. And I'm sure Matt had the same experience. You'd, you'd listen to the top 40. It was just, it was kind of fun to hear. To I liked it. I would tape it. I would tape it Me sometimes. Me too. I would yeah. too. Yeah. And without fail, I mean, for a good three years of our life, number one was always Boys to Men song. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I know there were so many Houston songs mixed in there, but I felt like more often than not. Well, you're talking about a 13-weeker, a 14-weeker, and a 16-weeker. You're at you're at a year almost yeah. there. It's, and it was like, it was like oh, and number one again is Boys to Men. I was like, oh, man. like Not again. Yeah. You know, and or as soon as you listen to me, I go, I hope this is the week that Boys Men drops off because I'm just so sick of them. So sick. Of them. Um, but like, I've never liked their in music. I mean, it's not my thing. Just, no. Uh, so the least offensive, of course, is Motown Philly. Yes, like, that's not a bad song. I agree. But that was right as the Bell Biv DeVoe thing was happening, um, which I actually I like Bell Biv DeVoe probably more than I should, and hopefully we'll get to cover them sometime and talk They're about it. They're better than Boys to Men, I'll say that. But, that, but it has a very, oh, way, way better. It's like, uh, listen to, um, th- so here's a part of Motown Philly. You're, you're, you can always rec- like rec- recognize the drums. Got which is basically the same as something strange in my mind. It's a different timbre, but it's the same. It's the same samples of of poison, and then the same as here's another voice uh, voice event song called Under Pressure. It's the same drum. So you know yeah. they're borrowing from actually, honestly, the better musicians there, which is the New Edition musicians. It's uh, Michael Bivens from New Edition, who was with Bobby Brown. Those were, New Edition was their idols at the time. And in fact, that's how they got signed. They found their way into a concert backstage with uh, Michael Bivens. They were trying to get to Will Smith, I think, but he wasn't, he didn't end up being there. Ron, uh, ran into Michael Bivens and they performed a New Edition song, like acapella live to them. And he's like, oh, that's pretty fucking good and gave yeah. him the number and that's how they got signed and whatever. But but it's sat, like they're just kind of a derivative of New Edition and Velvet at that time. And then they just really... I like their more upbeat stuff, but then they just they just go into the the ballad over and over. We covered "I'll Make Love to You," which is the same. It's just the but same can you thing. Blame, you know, we you know, <laughs> I okay. So I I'm in lockstep with Matt on everything he said. So, but at some point they're like, if this is every song is number one for 16 weeks or whatever, How can you argue with it's it? Like, all right, I guess you keep doing that. I guess it's like Drake now. Think basically. how long 15 weeks? It's four. It's almost four months. Oh, it is. An astronomical being amount of one. time, or three months of being number one—it's crazy. And if you're listening to any pop station, which I was, I uh, 90, yeah, yeah, high. So, yeah, 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 early if, high school, right? Yeah, yeah I was uh, ninety-four point yeah. five sometimes, and it just depended, depending. I like to hear this top forty. I like I like countdowns. Right. I listen to the on uh, Sirius. They have the eighties top yes. forty, and you'll they pick a week of any year of eighties, and they do that. Yeah. So if you're listening to pop station at the time, you're just inundated with. Oh yeah, with Boys to Men the entire so every time. Every hour they would play a different Boys to Men song. I actually, uh, so this is their newest called "Believe Us." Better. That's a neat chord change. They do some neat stuff in the song. It, it's it's better. I don't know I would, I would listen to. It, but no, but it's definitely 
better. Yeah. Way better. Uh, I listened, so I listened to some of their, there was an out, they put out an album in 2017 and 20, 2011 was their 20th anniversary. So they did uh, this album called 20. And uh, there's a couple good songs on that one and then a couple of good songs on their newest one. So they've definitely, they're better. But at the time it was all the same thing. And I think that's probably why they had such a meteoric rise and then descent into oblivion. Well, that's what I want to talk to you about. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So we have this album that comes out. This is off of, is this off of Cooley High Harmony? This is, no. So that's the other weird thing. This is off the Boomerang soundtrack. Oh, okay. They eventually, so Cooley High Harmony was their big one. It was their second album. And they, uh, wait, was that their first That's album? That's what Motown Philly was off. Motown Philly. Sorry, that was their first album. It was off that one, yeah. And that was huge. Nine million copies. Yep. Then they release this song as part of the Boomerang soundtrack. Mm. They reissue Cooley High Harmony and put the song there later. Okay, that's, yeah. what, that's what I heard. Yeah. I'm like, why is this in the back I know, of the album? Uh, so then they do that uh, album two, which is a monster hit. So that's 12 million copies. And that came out in 94. Okay, so, and then they do this album called Evolution. This is kind of where it all kind of falls apart for them. Um, Evolution's couple, in 97. Right, and a couple of those songs charted, but didn't really, just didn't. And then, and then after that, they, they had trouble even getting on the charts again. So I guess my thing is, this is kind of an open question. There's not really, I don't think I have a real answer for it, potentially, but. So their style is ballad, right? Yeah. Okay, and ballads, you know, Matt and I don't really, don't really like them. I probably like them less than Matt does. It's just not for us, a lot of this stuff. Absolutely. Okay, but it hasn't really gotten a style. Like ballads still exist. Yes, they do. Okay, so then why, what, like in theory, if they had just stayed in that lane, which they pretty much did, really. They did. Why would people, why would audiences stop liking? Like what happened? Well, the transition was the other boy bands after this, which really copied their sound. You know, you had- I think that's a good was it? Uh, Who was it? I, I don't oh, know when right. NSYNC started, right. but Backstreet, Backstreet Boys. Boys kind that of, started in 99. And I think what happened was yeah, it was right. less ballady. It was still the same kind of romantic, but it was danceable. Yeah. Different style. It was up up tempo. You're right. That's what it was. Yeah, I think that was the big thing. So so that you're you're absolutely right. They the it was a, a nine million copy selling album, a twelve million, and then after that, evolution in ninety seven was only three million. And then they're basically done. The the fourth album is is called Nathan Michael Sean Wayna, which is their four names. Five hundred thousand out uh, copies. Yeah, like that that's tanked. that is like a off a cliff. Yes. So and then they had nothing. I, I actually You're right, because they're competing with Backstreet and NSYNC and everything. How many albums do you think they've sold total career rivals? I think they've had about 10 albums now, 10 or 12 albums. Well, I mean, the first ones, uh, I would say 40. 30, which I, so 40 still seemed, if I, you know, know, thinking back to how popular they were, I thought I was, I would have guessed like something, something like 70. Me too. Before going into it. I know. But no, it's 30. I mean, it's nothing after. I worked in, um, I worked in minor league baseball for uh, a while. Yeah. uh, And I would go to these, uh, like, basically like, uh, Winter meetings would have a big job fair, but also would have um, a large trade show as well. Yeah. And also, it's kind of where a lot of GMs make trades and stuff. But they have three different segments: you have the job fair segment, yeah, well, the GM segment. That's so like you know Tim Kirkjian and Peter Gammons are. Yeah. You're all kind of in the same hotel lobby, but you're not really mingling with those guys beyond you know sharing an elevator. Sure. But then you have the where I was, which was the trade show, and that's where you know my company sold signage to minor league baseball teams. Yeah. So that's where you know we had our booth there, and then everyone else kind of has their booth. But one of the booths there was uh, one of the booths that was next to us. One of the years was someone who was doing um, like concerts at minor league baseball. So he would basically kind of be the organizer, like listen, I'll facilitate getting you. You know, think about the bands that would play an after uh, a baseball game for a free concert. You know, like I said, I went, I went to the Mets game. I saw Huey. Lewis. Yeah, yeah, that's the Mets. That's a little. It's major league. But think about like minor league, so like a notch below that. Who that would be? Like I'll facilitate this artist with your baseball team. 
And the number one, I talked to Mike, who's the, who's the person, who, what's the band that you've seen the most of? It's like, oh, without a doubt, it's Boys to Men. Oh, they did that? The minor league circuit? Ton. Like, because you have enough, they were a big enough name where everyone knows them. Yes. So you don't need, you know, and they're not, they are niche, but they're not niche where someone wouldn't know They're them. a crossover. And it's like almost like a novel. It's like, no sure. one's like, he's like, his point was like, people aren't going to pay to go see Boys to Men. Like, you know, there obviously there are people that would, but generally speaking, you're not going to get a large audience of over a thousand people to go pay to see a Boys to Men concert. Yeah. But if you say it's in the back of a ticket, it works for a couple of reasons. A, everyone knows who they are. It's like, all right, it's kind of a fun novelty. I saw Boys to Men. I'll stick around and watch them. I know who they are. Sure. And like, I know some of their songs. It'd be kind of fun to hear. B, works really well in minor league baseball because now we have women. So like the husband's like, hey, I want to go to the baseball game. Boys to Men's going to be there. Oh, oh I'll go I'll see go that. Too. So it hits kind of That's those a two things. Great pair. So um, they said that was the one that was like the most in demand. And I guess those guys are like really good guys and were like also were willing to travel. There's only three of them in the group now. One of them has, in fact, if you watch the video for this, he has a cane. It's yes, the Barry White it, it, sounding guy. The, the bass guy, yeah, who was um, doing the voiceover. Yep. He has horrible scoliosis, I guess. And yeah. I guess traveling was too much for him. But the other three guys like love to perform. So they um they will go and they they got they were like they did like a bunch of games. He said that's the number one. So do you up the price of the ticket? How, how do you make money mm, as the, the promo? Ball club? So like you know how sometimes you go to my league baseball game and you get a bobblehead. Yeah. Sometimes you go to my league baseball game and you get whatever free fireworks. Yep. You get a free. So the they're just trying to create a bigger draw so they sell more concessions and sell more tickets. Yeah, sell more tickets. Okay. Yeah, more concessions and also there's the law and anything in entertainment of repetition. So if you go to one game, you're more likely to go mm. to two. But it's the hardest thing is getting someone to go to that one game. Yeah. Um, it's just to get people out to the ballpark. And, you know, that's a weekend. You know, let's get a sellout. Let's get boys to men in here. And, you know, I mean, that's what Monkey Boy. I mean, same thing, only on a much smaller scale. So Monkey Boy was the same thing. They would pay us, you know, $1,000 in appearance. We would go. Now, boys to men is going to make a lot more than that. Plus, sure. this is 20 years later. Right. But, I mean, are they making that much more than that? They're not making a ton. I'll put it that way. Like, you know. They're not making. I wonder what they made. Maybe three grand. Uh, oh, no. five grand. No, no. It would be more. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I, okay. I'd say probably close to maybe ten if I put a gun in my head. Yeah. Um, maybe more. Um, but that's worth it for them. You do, you know, you could do a few shows. And you don't need to do. It's not a full concert either. So you're uh, doing like it's almost like half concert, if you will. You, you do, do like, like a half kind of, hour, forty yeah. minutes. Yeah. 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 Because the game's over, you got it takes a little time to put the stage together. Those guys sure. usually move pretty quick, but even yeah. so, you're 15 minutes after the game, boom. You yeah. Do, yeah. Half hour, forty minutes. That's not bad. It's perfect for them too because they have just about like the right amount of hits. Yes. Where you can play, hey, we'll do, maybe they mix in one new song off yep. the new album and then you do like five of the those number one hits we just talked about yep. and then they're on their way. The other good thing about them is they are talented. They do have good voices and I've seen their live perform, not physically live, but I watched some YouTube of them live and they they, they, they do a good job. So you know you're going to get a professional show. They People are who love it. They have a great reputation in the industry. Exactly, yeah. Like, you know, being always, you know, there's not a lot of drugs. Is that, like, they've never had scandal around them. Not that I've seen. No, I mean, they, they've always been really professional, good guys. Yeah. So I think because of that, and also they're willing to do it. Like, I got to admit, man, do Monkey Boy, obviously they're going to travel in a higher end than we are. That's a fucking rough life when I was fucking 20. I can't imagine doing, or 22. I can't imagine doing this at 50. I think it might be fun. You're in a nice oh, bus. Man. Great. But now you're going to this, like, these towns are not. I'm trying to think of that. This so, is not, you know, this is not New York. Like this is like, you know. I know. You're but in so these you're like doing, small towns so you're all over the country. Three shows make, make like 30 grand. Well, yeah, you, maybe it's not. Well, you wouldn't do a lot of. Well, it depends. If a team has extra money and they might book you on a Wednesday to try to boost that Wednesday up. Right. But you got to have confidence. You got to have a large pool to draw from mm. or else you're not going to sell that. So show. it's going to be weekend shows. I mean, Boys to Men is big enough where maybe you could sell out a Thursday night, but then you got to get from wherever you are. Like it's, it must be a scheduling nightmare. I don't know. The whole it's not a like. Or maybe they do it where they're always they're already going to do a concert in the same. It's so much location money. Why anyway? are they doing this? 
Uh, no, you probably wouldn't double dip. You wouldn't double dip. So no. I'm trying to how I was trying to see how these numbers are. Maybe working. like maybe you might if it's like three hours away. Like, hey, I'm playing. I, I'm I'm in Reading, Pennsylvania for this minor league show. Maybe there's a city three hours away. Like I, I don't know. I'm trying. I don't know how to because because like Cleveland or something or whatever whatever you could drive to that's like three hours away. I know yeah. Cleveland's not, but you know what I'm saying. But like, yeah, yeah. I can drive the city three hours away, do a real concert, that's and then go to a minor nightmare. league team the next. That's that's. That seems like a lot of moving parts. Maybe it works, but but if they could say they clear each of the three of them, you know, they've got a band, they've got sound people. That would, right. Maybe they clear five grand a week each. Is that worth that lifestyle? That's what I mean. I mean it's I, a good amount of money, but I, I, you try. You, I talking to the guy, and I didn't. I didn't want to ask. I, you know, I didn't like you. It's not wouldn't been professional for me to start sure. asking like, what is Boris mentioned? Like, I just I want you know. He was being open with me about some but even stuff if it's anyway. ten. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, let's say they got twenty. Let's say they got right. Let's say they right. Let's say they got twenty grand for the minor league job. They could, maybe they're going to make more money on doing a real concert at whatever, like a Wilbur type yeah, size yeah. arena or yeah, a couple arena, thousand. Or right. Yeah. A couple thousand. Um, probably something like we used Bobby McFerrin, whatever that was like that yeah, kind of, right. you know, you could probably go there. You might be able to sell one night out of that. Right. So even if they're generate, how can they they're generating? It's just hard. And honestly, like I know minor league baseball. I just know this so well. Like, it's not like, you know, if you play Mohegan sun, you have a beautiful, which I done with monkey butts where he blew his knee out. That dressing room is beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing. We were like, we were joking around. We were like, we were peeing in different toilets all because he had all these bathrooms. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Not only baseball, it's not like that. Yeah. You, you know, you are lucky if you get like, you know, you're lucky if some intern will let you kind of be in his tiny little his office. Tiny office. Like, where are these guys? You don't have like a nice dressing room. You're not in a nice, maybe you kind of hang out in your bus. I think that's what you would do and prepare and then walk in. You know, longer. It's just like, fuck that life. What are these guys doing? Why? Maybe it's that much fun for them to perform. If so, I tip my hat to them. Great. But how, how much fun could it be performing the same seven songs every? Even you have a rotating different one every night. How, that, that's not fun. I couldn't play the same same song. stuff all over and over again. The all the, no, it's right. not enough. I mean, maybe maybe you just get off. Maybe you don't care about the songs anymore. You just care care about the audience reaction to you. Maybe you like that. I don't too, know. Is though, like this minor league. I went and I saw Huey Lewis. It was a great show. But yeah. uh, you know, OAR. I went to that one. It's kind of a you know the thing too is it's like. Not everyone there is a fan of like. Yes, no. there are some people. So you have a lot of. I mean, it's not like everyone there is thrilled to see you. No, I, it's such a weird. But then I guess they could just leave the people who don't, aren't thrilled to see. Yeah. They just, I did. I left a few times for Mets games, right? And stuff. But like, but I don't know. And some people leave anyway. So even some people just leave anyway because the game's over. They don't want to stick around. So you're playing to like a half empty stadium. Yeah. Of people that don't all love your songs, you had to travel by bus to get there. You're dressing in your either your bus or you're dressing. Not, not in a some like, you know, locker room. Right. Like it just, why? Doesn't seem like the right But move. if they love doing it, you know, I guess great for them. I don't know. Do I, I know myself, like I'm 41. Like, I'll be honest with you. Like if I have to take a plane somewhere and it's not first class, like I'm not hyper thrilled about it. Like I would not be super excited. I'd be kind of bitchy and grumpy. Yeah. Like the idea. It's not comfortable to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that it's different life than there in this comfortable bus. And but I, I can only spend so many hours in a bus too. I lose my fucking mind. I don't care how nice the bus is. It just seems like a horrible life. Yeah. And you wouldn't want to do it for, you can't just do it for like two weeks because then you're not going to, then there's no point in Some guys do. do Some it. people are like, all right, well, you know, I asked the guy, I'm like, does it, you ever get like one off? He's like, yeah, sometimes it happens. Asian will reach out and be like, hey, look, we have a weird gap between concerts here. Mm. You're right in the middle. Would that make sense if we were, say, like I try to facilitate that if I can? And plus, it's like a random like novelty. Like I'll play a minor league bar. It's yeah, kind of fun. Sure. Yeah, but Boys the Men I guess played like a bunch of them. Like at some point, the novelty wears off. But believe me, I work Monkey Boy. It does. I bet. 
I mean, anything on repetition does. And I love baseball. And yes, once you've seen 10 minor baseball stadiums, you've seen all. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you can only smell so much like, you know, you'd get dressed in these lockers. It just sucks. It's just, it's just not. You think you should like go to Vegas and, and do that? Yeah, you know, they would, I could, that would work, right? For a smaller casino, do a residency there. Yeah. Yeah, like they, they could or, probably do that, right? And do that one year and then release an album the next year. Even if you only sell a couple hundred thousand copies of that, you'll still make more money than being on tour doing ballparks, I would guess. It's a good fit for Vegas too because the guys are out gambling. Yes. The girls, hey, we're all gambling yes. Monday night. Tuesday night, I want to do my thing. I want to go see Boys to Right. Me. I know. And it's the right age group too. That's not a bad idea. You should be Boys to Asian, not whoever they have now. Call me up, Boys to Men. Let's go. <laughs> I got your back. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and I actually, so I, when, when we were there, I made a, a point to see a couple of shows and I really liked it. I really, I really liked that experience. In Vegas? In Vegas. I really liked doing it. Yeah. That's why I want to live out there. Yeah. I the, wanna, when I retire, when, I, when we retire, when we want to go out there. Laura's on board too. I know. I know. We're doing that. All right. We'll do it. Yeah. I'm going to leave the country. Fuck this place. Yeah. <laughs> no, Got to figure out how to get. Yeah. If I, uh, yeah. If we don't, yeah. If we don't have a kid, I'm going to go back to work. Know, work 10 years, save a million dollars, and we go to Vegas. I'm done. Okay. That's fine. I'm into it. I think that's it with Boys to Men. I don't know that we need to. Motown Philly comes up. Maybe we'll talk about it because there's some more interesting parts well, of that. Are we not? Are we... I don't think I have to do anything I don't want to. Honestly, if we've covered, you, you, there's only so know, much to say about Boys to Men. Now, last so time, are we, are we, last time we bitched boys about. Boys to Men, the new R. Kelly, we're. It's not, but it's not that. It's not because of. It's just. Now I've talked about their origin story. We've talked about their demise. Before, I don't think we covered that stuff the last time. And we talked. No. Oh, you'll, I'll make love to you that one. So what else is there? Always, what else am I going to say? What do you want me to say? Their songs don't sound the same. Hmm. My rules. I no, I think I think. It, but Motown Philly, I would consider it definitely because I that one's. I think that one's their best. No, I'm tired of the hits. I know, but still, I'm tired of Boys Men. No thanks. No, we actually, I, I, right, that song we can cover. Yeah, we, yeah maybe. I, I, well, no, I might be interested. I'll think about it. Uh, headlines? Yeah. So two headlines this week, and both are about people who left something and came back. Okay. Uh, only two days apart, three days apart. So September 29th, Magic Johnson's 1992. Magic Johnson said he wanted to return to the NBA this upcoming season. Right. Okay. So during that preseason, he, uh, he actually, he never played a regular season game that year, by the way. So in September 29th, he's like, I want to come back. He played some preseason games, did some practices with the Lakers, and he retired again before the season started. And he said it's because he was getting a lot of uh, pushback from other players, opposing mm. players, especially not his teammates, but they weren't comfortable playing against him. So he would, you know, in theory, kind of retire again. In 1994, he coached the Lakers uh, at the end of the season. Yeah. He went 5-11. He went and 11. Um, And then he actually did come back and play. He did come back and play in 1996. He played like half the season. He, he was almost like a six man. He was still pretty good. He wasn't bad. Hmm. He got they, that team won fifty three games. I think they got to the playoffs. They lost in the first round. Magic then retired for good, and then the Lakers that next year drafted a guy named Kobe Bryant and got yeah. a free agent named Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, and then they were. Uh, it took them a couple of years, and then they were off and running. But um, but the year before they got Shaq and Kobe was uh, Magic's last year. Uh, Magic said sadly uh, in an interview a couple of years ago, he's like, if I had known what I know now, I never would have retired. That makes sense. He's like, but you know, back then you, you think it's a death sentence. You want to spend time with your family. You know, you, you just don't know what you're up against. You know, I, I also wanted to devote as much time as I could to my treatment. I didn't want to have anything in my way, but had I known what I know now, I would have just kept playing. Um, but he's like, but he even, you know, it's a, 
no one. You know, it was too early to really know. It's hard if you're younger to understand what what it meant when you heard HIV in 1991 or. Oh, you thought retired, you, but, you, uh, you thought it was a certain death yeah. and relatively quick. And I remember even like watching like the Dream Team play because remember he had, yeah he played in the All Star game that year that he retired and he put the Dream Team. I'm thinking like wow these guys are really brave playing with him because you know yeah, you, you, could, you, you, you we didn't know we you, didn't know you we didn't know get we, caught it, yeah we were you know it you, seemed that it was much easier to, to get it than than it actually is I'm sure you know all the people but that iconic scene of uh, Magic Magic Johnson was cut and uh, and yeah um, the trainer came out no gloves yeah and treated him on purpose he's like I'm not gonna right. be squeamish about this because I know I'm not gonna get it from his cut. So, right. So there was a, yeah, it's sad though. It's like, oh, that kind of sucks. Cause we, cause he was still like said that, you know, that 96 year, he still was okay. Like, yeah. He was like getting like 15 points a game, like eight rebounds a game. Everything. Like he was still pretty good. And he's coming off the bench. Like that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's too bad that, you know, we, we missed out on like six, seven years of someone being really How long good. did he play? What's that? How long did he play? So his he? first rookie year was magic. Oh, it was Bird's rookie Birds. year, right? So yep. it was 79. Right. And he played till, was it 91, right? That's when he, yeah. when he retired. Okay. So um, so really kind of 12 Before the season, he was getting a checkup and he's like all ready to play. And they're like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> they did like a blood test during the checkup. So uh, yeah, so he played, you know, he played up until um, well, his last game before he retired was against Michael Jordan's Bulls. The, Michael Jordan's first title when they beat him. They beat the Lakers five games that year, right? So, um, yeah, think about it. So he yeah, played, played about the same length as Bird. I think Bird played one more year than him. Um, that was too short, too. But, but then they actually ended up playing the same because then, then uh, right, and Bird, of course, had major back problems. Yeah. So I know we, we definitely got cheated with both those guys. Um, yeah, particularly when you play. see, like, LeBron playing from 18. How, is, how old is he this year? He'll be, like, and even 30. Jordan, is I he, know, like, 38 this year or something? Uh, I don't LeBron? know if he's that old, but he's, he's getting there. He's getting there. But, like, think about Jordan. Like, I know Jordan kept kind of leaving, coming back. But even that last couple of years of the Wizards, he was still, like, an okay player. He's like, 40! He was still, like, okay. I like, know. It's, it's amazing. Um, so, Magic tried to come back, obviously, and, and ended up it didn't work out. And then uh, another guy, uh, Ross Perot, mm. on October 1st, re-entered the presidential race. Yeah. That's he had a, left you, the you race in July. You can't bug out of the race no. and then come back in and expect to do any damage. I mean, come on, Ross, that was such a stupid move. Once you're out, stay out. Interesting with him though. So, you know, at one point in June, the guy's leading the polls. He had 39%. Yeah. Um, he was ahead of both Bush and Clinton. Then, uh, the, the, um, the DNC and some of the uh, conventions happened, which is going to hurt him because he doesn't have his own convention. And he ended up dropping, uh, his polls dropped and he got all discouraged and he quit the race. Was he a third party candidate the entire way? Yeah. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Um, so then October 1st, he sees that both Clinton and Bush are both not great candidates still. And October 1st, he ran his race. He ran his and he's getting around single digits, like 8%. Yeah. But he actually ended up that yeah, Bush and Clinton allowed him to be at the debates, which then bumped him up. And then he, when he, uh, when the election finally came, he actually ended up getting 19% of the vote that year. Yeah. Which is wild. Uh, he did not win a single state though. No. And then the other thing was he ended up running again in 96 and he didn't do very no. well. He, uh, di he died a uh, few years ago. By the way, that would never happen now. There's no way the, DN the DNC and RNC know that their power is making sure that one of them stays in power. That means they would never, ever, ever allow well, they did everything they could in. in 2016 to keep Gary Johnson out. Exactly. So, yeah. um, which is so disappointing. That's, you know, people ask, well, why did I go to for Gary Johnson in 2016? People say, why did you do that? I said, well, if, you, if, a, if a third party candidate gets 5% of the vote, the rule is the next election they will allow that person at the debates yeah and of course gary johnson got 4.5 percent of the vote, yes. so nothing worked out no um but 
Yeah, so that's kind of the way. That's the way that that's the way to do it. Is we'll have if we want a third party candidate to be in the debates. The only way we can do it is if we actually plan ahead four years earlier and we vote for a third party candidate, and then then we'll get another voice at the. And that's how you take down this two party system. Yeah, and you realize though that that rule is only in place because of the two parties. I mean, they're like fuck them. The the thing is completely stacked. But that's what frustrates me when you don't vote is because you, if people like you voted who are like, oh, I don't want to vote. But if you just voted for the third party and we got that number to 5%, then we'd have at least another voice. That's how you take it down. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I'm still- Well, you would. You would well, have another voice. That's a fact. You have another person that debates. They won't take it down. But I- Well- And also, one vote, like, your vote doesn't matter. Like, let's uh, just- It just doesn't. It, it, it does, doesn't. though. I mean, everyone's vote- It, it doesn't really. It, do, it doesn't matter much. You are- Everyone's vote you, matters you, you'll, you'll do much level. more good if you spend time, you know, campaigning than do you both. would ever strike in the vote. Do both. Well, no, I'd rather- I'd rather just uh, you spend, don't spend time, time with my family. Either, I have a voice on a on a podcast on That's a show true. that reaches true. a good amount of people, right. and I get to say. Hopefully, Jerry gets you to vote. Jerry doesn't like that you don't vote either, right? Jerry gets mad about. That. I think voting is. I told you it's a philosophical issue of consenting to the system. I don't consent to the system. I'm basically saying. That's how you oh, break the no, no, too. no, it's not because I'm because no because I'm what we're all, what I'd always be saying is that I'm okay with one of these factions stealing from me and using my funds to hurt people and take other people's stuff. Well, third party. But once again, that third party would want the same thing from me. That system is the problem. It's the, it's, it's me saying that whoever's in charge are going to do that to me. And I don't agree with that. Does that make sense to you? It does not. It's insane. Well, no, but well, if I vote for a third party, will we remove taxation, coercive taxation? No, Matt. Of course it's, not. It's not of ever going to happen, Matt. It's never going to happen. I know. But then I won't, but it doesn't mean but that you, But you can take the lesser evil. You can try to get the system to. Right. That's always. That, it's, right. it, there's compromise. There has to be some sort of compromise, man. Like what you want to happen is never going well, to Well, I live here. That is my compromise. Like I do pay my taxes. Right. I'm not an outlaw in that, right. in that, you know, in that way. So my compromise is I'm trying to have the best life as I possibly can with my family here and, and trying not to go to jail. But that doesn't mean that I have to actually consent to what they're doing to me. I don't. And I will always say, do not consent to that. I think you should vote. If you do, even if you hate both people, vote third party. If we all get behind that, then we can get another voice in there. And yes, we'll never have Matt's the no taxation. Or, it's not even a utopia. It's just the, the, the problem is the, it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's never, it's not, there's nothing that I can do that'll go make it go the other way. No, that's true. Yeah. I mean, right. That's true. So you might as well vote. Cause right. There's nothing. Right. Exactly. You're exactly. That's exactly why well, I do It's a waste of my time. I'm not going to take the 15 minutes out of my day to go do it when I could be productive with those 15 minutes doing something doing? else and not consenting. It's a poop. 15 minutes is a poop. A good, healthy, chill out, relax. That's how long it takes you, buddy? Well, no, no. I'm that talking like a real, like a real, so like, healthy. I'm going to buckle down. I'm going to read a chapter of a book. I'm going to like I mean, you can just really, poop. really dial and in. And like, then go and read a chapter of your book. You don't have to do it all at once. Why? You're talking about being productive. I'm killing two birds with one stone. Yeah, but, but, but I think it's, you're spending a lot more time on that toilet than you really need to be. I don't usually. About, some people are, uh, some people are, oh, spend and like long half poopers, hours. Yeah, that's, that's I, think, I think a lot of people have kids and it's like they're escaping. No, I think a lot of people eat too much fiber and it takes them a lot to get it out. No, no, I think people will go in there and just like hang oh, out there for like think, half hour. Really? Yeah, like I need a break from my kids. <laughs> oh, I a for, for minutes. Oh, Jesus. I think it's, I I think it's fairly common, actually. I I there's a lot of young dads right now nodding their head like, yep. I was listening to the Blind Mike podcast uh, from, uh, I think it was a couple days ago. And the Very Good Show guys were on with them. Yeah. And they were talking about, I think it was, I think it's Matt's uh, dad, uh, stepdad created this. I don't know. He, I don't know all the backstory, but he, he felt comfortable in prison. And so he created a room to hang out at in his bathroom because it was the right size. So now in his bathroom, along with the toilet, is like a television and a comfy chair. And that's, it's, it's just like his little prison cell where he gets to watch sure, TV. It's not like shit. 
I would never. That that sounds like a fucking awful, crazy the thing world to do. Just sharing TV. But but anyways, where he felt protected and safe oh. and away from other people. Yeah. Yeah. I think mean, I know a lot of like young parents well, just be like, I'm gonna go. Fine. You know, take but time for yourself. Have, and poop. Fifteen minutes. That's a you know. Right. You can. I'm, I'm sure you could. I'm sure you wait. I'm sure I don't want to waste the gas. Oh, give me a break. To this, go. I'm sure there's many times and you consent watch, to you my watch Fast and the Furious tormentors. nine. Which is, you know, that's more productive than 120 minutes. That's 10 times than voting. consenting to my enslaver. I'm not doing it. You, you, you know, you sound like a crazy person. Right? You are at least aware of that. <laughs> I think you I'm know, using, though, you know, I'm you using, sound like a what I, I'm using inflammatory words on purpose. Yeah. Just like when I say uh, I'm an anarchist, that's an inflammatory term for what I am. But you know, people just, like when you say stuff like people are like, oh, Matt's like, Matt's, Matt's nuts. Okay, Maddie. Yeah. Okay. That's nice. And they walk away and they're like, it's not nuts. They're stealing. They're stealing. <laughs> From me, do I have the option to not pay my taxes? I do not. They will put me in prison if yes. I don't pay my taxes. Right. That is coercive. But if I drive, if I drive 100 miles an hour, they put me in prison too. Yes, but you're There's not- There's a lot of things. If I murder you yeah. right now for liking Bobby McFerrin- Well, that's I'll, because you're- yes, I'll go to, but I'll go to prison. I, no, but I'm living a peaceful life. If you murder me, that that is an aggressive use of force. Right. I, as a peaceful person- So I drive person, 100 miles an hour. No, right. Well, that's- <laughs> But no, the point is- Am I, I right? Uh, well, hold Is that on. A good example? Yeah, but that's the uh, yes, but they shouldn't do that for you because you haven't committed a crime. I agree. There's no moral crime to what you did. If you hit someone doing that, that's the crime. I agree. You should be, of course, imprisoned or we you are should on be the same sort of, Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well, yeah, it's because I'm, I, you know, I'm pretty consistent with my <laughs> with my views <laughs> here. So like I thought this shit through. But no, I'm a peaceful person, and someone is stealing money from mm. me that I can't do anything about. And if I try to do something about, then they'll capture me and they'll put me in prison. That's that's an aggressive use of force against someone who's acting peacefully. Me. So I don't consent to that at all. And so I won't vote for my captors to do that captors. to me. <laughs> so silly. <laughs> such a crazy person. Yeah. I love that like this is this, the show is kind of become, oh I feel like. At well, this you, point. You, <laughs> I feel like now like we're in episode like if you count the Patreon around 200. Right, this okay. is just like masks like a lunatic. Like, like, like all, if you listen to the first few episodes, he sounds normal. And you know, but the, as the show is slowly descended, it's just, it's just into descending into mass madness. That's where we are. But, uh, I'm curious what episode 300 is like. Uh, hopefully we won't get there. Jesus Christ. Had <laughs> <laughs> enough of you already. It's a, a fair point. Uh, all right, cool. So, well, we did last of the Mohicans. We did, but we're back. Uh, I know Nick actually really wanted us. To, in fact, we're doing a little cheat for Nick because uh, Nick's such a good fan. So Batman Returns this week was like 12th. But he's like, I really want to cover it. Ah, yeah, you guys just fine. did Batman. I'm like, oh, that sounds good. You know, yeah. we'll probably hit it anyway. Uh, because, and he's like, so he did really want us to cover last because, but he really did want us to cover Batman Returns as well. That so makes sense. Yeah. My Ducks was more like, we gave him the top 10, like, all right, pick something off the top 10. He's like, all right, this is the, the one next that he wanted best to do. Option, but, so maybe, I think he yeah. has some interest in that. Yeah. But I know, like, Batman Returns the last week, he was really excited about. So, um, that works. Yeah. And then I know the two songs he liked too, because, it, you know, he picked those oh, in the yeah. top 100. Yep, so, not okay. this one, but the other two. Uh, so, um, yeah, so we're back on Saturday with Batman Returns and a foreigner, the foreigner song. song. And we have the champions is going to be the uh, Patreon episode with, yeah, Mighty, with Mighty Ducks, Ducks on, on uh, So, Sunday. yeah, so if you are, if you're someone that's like, oh, I really want to, I, I, I have deep pockets. Uh, I can I can afford to do $50 a week. I really want Chris and Matt to cover this movie, this song, this week. Uh, you can reach out to me or Matt. If you have any questions, don't, you know, you can reach out to yeah, me. Just, yeah, and, and I'd be yeah. happy to answer them. Kind of yeah, explain the fine. process to you. Of course. See if it's something you want to do. And then, um, but obviously, you know, if you don't and you have $5 a week, you want to support the show, that's great too. That's what majority of people do. And then you can hear some of these episodes like um, Matt's crazy take on Bobby McFerrin or any of the other crazy episodes we've done on Patreon. Yes, and 60 bucks a year seems like 
seems like a pretty well, good deal, right? It. No, I know, I know. Oh, but, 60 bucks. A, oh, five, like, oh, right. Yeah, yeah a year. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty worth it for a bunch more content. You, you get, don't need to subscribe for the whole year. You can just do one month and try yeah, it out. Yeah, if you want to try it out. And, right. You know, catch, some people do that. They'll catch a bunch of episodes and then they'll they'll uh, they'll stop for a little while and, and come, come back. back. Yeah, whatever you can yeah. afford. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, we're going to keep doing free shows, you know, like, the, you know, so um, you get two free shows this week. So we're going to knock, you know, that's... That's the most. That's how the show's going to grow. The best way is if people just listen to the free shows. Oh, honestly, yeah. yes. Uh, yes the Patreon yes. stuff really helps. But um, you know, just hopefully building. I think we're building an audience. Yeah, this week we were the top uh, one hundred in both shows and episodes for us in our category. Which for a small that's podcast, a, that's like a big ours, deal. Independent podcast, big deal for us. So yeah, we're, we're competing against a lot of people who have networks, and you know, it's just it's just the two of us doing it. It was just us in my basement here doing a podcast. Right. So that's pretty good. We're back on Saturday, Batman Returns. See you then.